106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Go ahead. Make my day. Wax on. Wax off. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. There's no crying in baseball! Keep the change, you filthy animal. Welcome to another episode of the Popcorn Club. And Popcorn Club. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. Welcome again. <laughs> what was funny about that one? I was just thinking back to the first time. <laughs> Popcorn Club. You don't even know the name of our own podcast. <laughs> Welcome again to the Popcorn Lung Podcast, where we will be going over the best movies of 2017, which includes a list of five movies, but then we also have five, uh, four movies that are in our honorable mentions. And I guess we should say our names. Oh yeah, I'm Madison. I'm Cameron. And uh, we're going to work our way backwards. So starting from the last movie in the honorable mentions to the first movie in the best movies of 2017. Now, full disclosure, we recorded this entire episode and I realized I didn't have the microphone on. And I am very tired and cranky. But we really, really want to do this because we love movies. So we're starting with honorable mentions. We'll work our way backwards. We'll go through these relatively quickly. So, the fourth movie in the Honorable Mentions, which would be the last movie in the Honorable Mentions, is Wonder Woman, which I thought was uh, a really, it was a really good DC film. Um, DC films are usually uh, pretty dark and terrible. terrible. And uh, this movie was more like a Marvel movie. It was uh, kind of, it was unique, and um, I liked the 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 different kind of superhero movie. It, it was different than the superhero movies that have been coming out. Wonder Woman was definitely more of a fun DC movie. A lot of DC movies, they didn't know, I don't think, what they're trying to be. They try to be really dark and serious, but at the same time, they come off as kind of just lame. Yeah. Um, with the exception of the Dark Knight trilogy, which is awesome, but that's Christopher Nolan, and it's it's DC, but it's almost not. DC is now trying this whole DC cinematic universe, like how Marvel has yeah. one. Um, and it sucks. Yeah, because honestly, I feel like DC's characters just aren't as good. No. I mean, Batman is They're cool. They're boring. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, think that the Joker I'll... is super boring. I think Harley Quinn is equally as, bo- well, probably more boring. And Well, Suicide Squad as a movie was just horrible. But I mean, Marvel has Captain America, Spider-Man, Thor, Hulk... Um, Marvel just is wholesome and yeah and I feel like Marvel's it, bright Marvel is bright but it also there's like no limits with Marvel movies you, you're constantly being surprised by something that's happening uh, so it, I'm never bored in a Marvel movie whereas in a DC film I'm typically always bored yeah Captain Wonder Woman well and this is not supposed to go into the worst movies of 2017 I don't know if this happened in 2017 I think it was 20. 20- Eight, or sorry 2016 but batman vs superman speaking of boring movies yeah, that, was that was the movie that would not end anyway wonder woman <laughs> good movie uh next honorable mention is jumanji the 20 
17 Jumanji, which was really, really fun. The standout in that I felt like was Jack Black, who plays a girl trapped in Jack Black's body, essentially. Yes. And I have a giant crush on Jack Black. What? I know. I think that he is very attractive and very funny. You think Jack Black is very attractive? I do. Yeah. I'm very attracted to Jack Black. Wow. That's news. Well, anyway, his personality is just very charming. Um, and it, it makes his, his little eyes pop. Yeah. Anyway, Jumanji <laughs> was very, very fun and very funny. I liked the fact that they didn't try to do a board game thing. They went with a more modern sort of take, which was a, basically it was a retro video game is basically what they were doing. Even though the elements of the video game were a modern video game, the system looked retro. So it was something, I don't want to say realistic, but you know, kids wouldn't find an old board game and be like, let's all play this board game. Yeah. Kids would find yeah, an old video game and be like, oh, yeah, let's pop this on and let's play it. They definitely twisted it to fit the 2017. Fit them millennials. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, number two, Madison disagrees. I do disagree. I, yeah, I would put Jumanji higher than this movie. But anyway, it is Dunkirk mm-hmm. by Christopher Nolan. I thought Dunkirk was really, really, really well done for a war movie that was trying to be accurate and not go for like battle scenes every five seconds yeah it definitely did that and i agree that it's a beautiful movie i thought it was i thought it was really well done i thought it was interesting you know it made me anxious but it also um made me it made my you know heart hurt in in a lot of ways um i'll admit but it made my eyes hurt because it yeah some of it was very, the colors were so washed out that after a while I kind of felt like I was. Colorblind? Yeah, actually. that yeah. That's like one of my criticisms of the movie, but I felt like it was really good. Also, the other thing, and maybe this is just because we're American, I need some freaking subtitles for some of these people, okay? <laughs> well, everyone looks like this. And it's so, I'm like, what, what? is he saying? <laughs> It's like there's got to be something important because look, there's a ship. <laughs> yeah, like you kind of just go along with the story, assuming I yeah, guess yeah. it's important because they're getting in that plane. Yeah. Um. No, it it was it was a good movie. Um, I I don't know. I it was an interesting war movie, and I I'll give it, I'll give it that. I think a lot of people really like it because they think it's a unique sort of take on war movie on war war films i feel like i like war movies more than you do you probably do but and i so do that made really me like it more war films but yeah <clears throat> i've seen ones that i like better than that one so number one in honorable mentions is the disaster artist with james franco and his brother dave franco and i would switch this movie out with one of the ones in the best movies of 2017 but Mr. Man over here made the list. It falls out of the top five category for me because if you have not seen the movie The Room with Tommy Wiseau, who is horrible in that movie and makes the movie so funny because it's so bad. It's awesome. If you have not seen that movie, I feel like you would think The Disaster Artist is not a true story. You'd be like, there's no way that that somebody is like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean, but... I, I thought that it was really cool because you are seeing, you know, you're seeing exactly what happened. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the end has a cool, has a it has a really cool ending. 
Um, so I thought it was a really interesting take on this otherwise super unrealistic person, but he happens to be very real and very strange. I felt, and, and this was my, the reason why I felt like the movie kind of was held back for me a little bit was throughout the entire movie, it made me want to just watch Tommy Wiseau. It made me want to be watching behind the scenes, behind the scenes footage, but instead I'm watching James Franco. But he did pretend. such a good job. He did a really good job, Gosh. but it's it's like it's like watching a a movie of like the life of Jim Carrey, and somebody is playing Jim Carrey, but you're like, but Jim Carrey's alive. Like I'd rather be watching Jim Carrey. Um, not that Tom Wiseau is. But I think Jim Carrey. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's kind of just watching this train wreck of a movie take place. And I, I, I kind of wished I was just watching behind the scenes footage. I will say what was cool is at the very end in, during the credits, they show the shot for shot kind of recreation that they did yeah. and they play them side by side. So they show their version and then what's in the original movie. And I mean, it's like exactly the same. So props to them for being able to pull that off. To your point about, uh, if you'd rather be watching like Tommy Wiseau do it himself, but let's think about it. If it was Tommy Wiseau, do you think that the film would ever actually be finished? And don't you think that there would be, like, cut scenes from the scenes about Tommy Wiseau? Oh, I want someone else to make... uh, Yeah, but I want someone else to make a documentary about Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau could have his own TV show, and it's just following him around, and him being like... He wouldn't. Oh, hi, Mark. He would not have his own TV show. It'd be, like, too personal for him. He needs, needs, like, his space to be this weird individual. Yeah, he is very strange. (laughs) So, we are now into our list for best movies of 2017. I chose five. Madison reminded me of another one. I'm a little butthurt about number five. Because I don't think it should be number five. I definitely think it should be number two. So, number five is... Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, which is basically a take on spy movies. It's sort of like James Bond, except for it's a lot more fun. <laughs> like, it's more yeah. funny. It's got better, I don't want to say better action, but like over-the-top action that's just more fun to watch. It's not supposed, it doesn't take itself too seriously. I think that the action in this in this movie is probably the the best action I've seen in an action movie. What? I not maybe not necessarily that's a big statement it's a, it's especially big considering statement. some of the other movies on this list well when i say best action i mean the most entertaining action okay some of the me, cgi is I, pretty bad i think i just think it's so unique and um i don't know i'm just really attracted to the style of the kingsman movies i really loved the first one i really loved the second one i just think it's um fun fun to watch and it's it's kind of dark but uh kind of funny but just really fun and um, is it fun you you never know what the the you never know what's coming next it's like a a twist at every turn it felt like i think it feels like a comic book feels like you're watching a comic book exactly that's why i love it so much yeah no i think it's fun and the music it feels like he's a superhero to be honest and i love superhero movies number four only the brave i want to knock this bad boy down this movie made me cry at the end, and I know you were crying too, by the way. Of course I was crying, but I cry at everything, so I don't, irrelevant. so this puts it in the top five for me. This movie is about, um, I think it was called the Granite Mountain Hotshots, who are these guys who, it's a true story, they go out and try to stop forest fires from spreading, so they have to dig these ditches, 
and um, it's got uh, Miles Teller and Josh Brolin. I thought it was just awesome. I think that the pacing was great, especially for being based off of a true story. It seems like that would be hard to do because, I mean, the story of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, I feel like could have been a 15-minute story, but they were able to stretch it out to probably, I don't know, an hour and a half or two hours and keep it really good the whole time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number three, John Wick 2. John Wick 2 was a really good movie. Both of the John Wicks are just so cool. They're just cool movies. It really is John Wick 2. It's the first movie, but more of it. (laughs) It's like, if you liked the first movie, you will like the second movie. Uh, Basically, it's about this guy who is the baddest of all assassins um, to where even these big crime bosses are scared of him but somehow all these low-level henchmen don't know who he is so they go steal his car or do something and the their mob watch is like don't you know who that is he killed a guy with the pencil <laughs> so <laughs> you took a uh, you took away a really i took important I, word i made it g-rated um <laughs> and so basically the story is john wick essentially fighting against this huge network of crime bosses and assassins and without giving away anything but everybody's chasing john wick so good yeah i mean it's it's really really good i'm like remembering i'm going through and remembering you know different scenes from the second movie because i remember the first movie really well second movie it's like i'm i need to watch it again because it was so good um, well, I th- what I think is really cool is that Keanu Reeves actually trained with real weapons to film this movie. So oh, yeah. I was watching this video of where they basically had him at a shooting range and he's like, boom, 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 like shooting these targets and everything, running through this like obstacle course shooting training so that when they're actually filming it, I mean, it, for example, when he's firing his gun, it's the correct amount of shots fired before he has to reload. It's not the type of movie where it's like, bah, 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 unlimited ammo. Like, yeah. he actually runs out of ammo yeah. at the right times. So it's yeah. just such a realistic fighting movie. It reminded me a lot of, there's a um, a movie called, oh gosh, what is it called? Uh, the Raid. It reminds me a lot of this movie called The Raid, which is this, I think, Cambodian film where it's very realistic action and a lot of the shots are one take. So you're watching this action scene unfold and the camera doesn't cut, which just makes it feel so much more realistic and also just so much more powerful. So I appreciated John Wick too for doing that. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, not only was John Wick a really cool character, but I think his, the uh, the greatest villain in this film was really good too. I thought he was a really interesting villain. It was basically the and... Dos Equis guy. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the young Italian man. Oh, I was thinking. <laughs> oh my gosh, he was so good. He was a really good actor too. Oh, okay. And I thought he was a really cool villain. I felt like the older guy was Just the most things. interesting man in the world. Yeah, like, that's yeah, what no, it felt he was, like. He was cool too. Number two is three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Did you notice that's so weird? Good. Our number two has the word three in it, and our number three had the word two in it. John Wick two and three billboards. Anyway, three billboard three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Such a dark but really clever and funny and cool movie. funny in a way that if you think it's like laugh out loud funny it's no, no, not no. it's very like dark humor yeah, it is yeah. a lot like fargo and it's even got the same woman who was in fargo i can't remember her name but it's very much like fargo 
this woman essentially her daughter is murdered and she rents these three billboards outside of her town basically calling out the local police for not having investigated the crime more not investigating it well yeah and so you're watching the town react to her billboards in all kinds of different ways yeah what did you think Uh, oh my gosh i thought it was such a good movie they could not have picked a better lead for uh yes the, the main character she she was so dynamic well i think she's very scary like she is very scary but she can also like she breaks down yeah, she and felt like a very tough woman throughout the whole movie. It, it, yes. it helps that she's wearing essentially mechanic clothes, like a yes. mechanic's uniform or but something. You know the entire that time. she has a heart because yeah. she's nice to people, but she's she's not going to let anybody walk all over her. Yeah, she she's very dynamic because she's strong in a lot of ways, but you see her weaknesses throughout the movie, and then you see her strength in you know letting go and crying it out. So, I think. Yeah, she, she's very dynamic. I will say, um, this is not a movie for kids or not people who cannot take intense language. scenes and language. There are some very intense scenes, especially oh, yes. concerning Woody Harrelson's character. Yes, um, yes. that were shocking even for me. Where I was, and I don't get surprised by much in movies. Where I was like, wow, they actually they went there. Oh my gosh. Um, of course, yeah. There's very strong language. The movie was just so good. It, it was it, yeah. it was very, very gritty. I felt like the end was lacking a little bit. It was kind of one of those endings where it's like, well, you decide what happens. I and I don't really like that very much. But at the same time, the rest of the movie was just... So good. Yeah, it was, it was so good. It was very dark and gritty, and I really like movies like that. Yeah. And, and it was very dialogue-based, but it was one of those movies where, even though it's dialogue-based, a lot still happens. So... The conversations are super interesting. It almost felt like how in Quentin Tarantino movies, the dialogue is super interesting and you like listening to it. It's like Reservoir Dogs where they're literally in one room the whole time. But yeah. this is like yeah. that kind of dialogue, but also with stuff that they, happens. They only say what's essential. There's no filler. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And it's just, it's really good. Number one, Baby Driver with Ansel, Ansel Elgort and... The perv formerly known as Kevin Spacey. <laughs> um, what a terrible guy. Yeah. No, this movie was so good, though, I bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah. He actually bought it for me. We have something called an Edgar, which is my elf that's followed me since I was just a wee little kid. It's a and creepy Christmas tradition where a little elf leaves stuff in your stocking every... Throughout the month of December. ...couple days in December. And so Edgar left me Baby Driver. Yes. And Baby Driver is such an artistic yet accessible film it's i usually really like artistic movies and then you show it to a family member and they're like mine sucks it was like grand Grand budapest hotel i love that movie grand budapest hotel is still in my top five movies of all time your family hated that movie i know that your mom hated that movie i don't know what colin thought of it but i don't remember if they saw that or not no your mom did not like it well anyway baby driver i feel like has the the appeal to people who like a more kind of artistic movie because there's a lot of hidden things in it and there's a lot of um, interesting filmmaking choices. But then at the same time, you could go into it feeling like, oh, this is a really cool heist movie. For example, it's super musical where yes. two the two examples that I can think of is one, there's like a gunfight where every gunshot that they're shooting is basically going along with the beat of the song. Yeah. And Baby, who's the main character, 
wears these headphones all the time and is listening mm-hmm. to his music. And so it's really cool. The music is not popular music. It's really eclectic music. Yeah. And at the beginning scene, which I didn't notice this the first time I watched it, but when we watched it on Blu-ray, I did. As he's walking around basically getting coffee, he's in Atlanta and he's walking. The lyrics to the song are spray painted in the background, but like it doesn't focus on that. You wouldn't notice. It's just this little touch that makes it, to me, like that much better. Like that much extra care went into the movie. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was really cool that Baby is actually just a really good kid who is somehow very talented at driving a car and has you find out how he got into what he got into um, later, but he's just a good kid that, you know, is unfortunately a part of something very terrible. And so he's, you know, trying to find his way out. And I I thought it was really cool how they developed his character. And I, I like the setting. I like how the setting is Atlanta because you don't see a lot of movies taking place in, you know, Southern cities. Well, now you start, now you already know know. why. Why? Because all the, it's like, it's cheaper to film in Atlanta. Like the, oh, yeah. the taxes are lower. It's yeah. like the walking dead yeah. is all in Atlanta. I know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's really cool that, you know, he's got this little Southern accent that you have not ever heard Ansel Elgort have. And, um, I, I, <laughs> is he I think British it's a really, life? no, he's from New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I usually hate Jamie Foxx. I usually think he's, especially if you've seen Spider-Man to the amazing Spider-Man two, Oh my gosh, Jamie Foxx is probably the worst Spider-Man villain of all time. I think he's boring in a lot of movies. in this movie, he played a psychotic person so well. he did. And such an unpredictable person that it actually, it drove the movie, no pun intended. (laughs) But basically, I mean, it carried the movie forward because he is the point of conflict so much. And because of that, because he's so unpredictable, yeah. and because he's the point of, of conflict, you actually don't know where the movie's going. Yeah. It's not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, okay, I can see this coming from a mile away. This is what's going to happen. Things that I thought were going to happen didn't happen. Yeah. And then uh, there were these total surprises. Yeah, no, Baby Driver was fantastic. Ba- yeah. Right. Anything else? No. Um, yeah, actually, there's something else. Something that I cannot even believe that this man forgot to put on the list of best movies of 2017. Need I remind you, I did not have anything to do with this this list. I would have rearranged um, a, a, a few of them. Um, but he forgot one of my favorite movies. And one of my favorite movies. Of all time on this list. And that would be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, we, we I love don't that even movie. understand how you... I mean, we live off of that playlist. Yeah. I don't understand how you did not put this on here. And I've actually seen that movie probably like 10 times. Yeah. Because it's an amazing movie. I think that I've seen it so much, I forgot. I forgot that that came out in 2017, honestly. Because it just feels like it's a part of your vocabulary now. It's it feels like, like so I. Normal. It feels like that's a movie I have, like I can't remember before I've seen that movie because it feels like I've always it's seen that movie. Like a memory movie where you're like, yeah. man, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, you remember when that came out. People but, are probably listening to this and being like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Oh like, my that's what, gosh, no, that movie is so good. It I is. loved the first one, and I loved the second one. They're just so fun and cool. And uh, I, I even I, have an action figure of Yondu on display in our living room. I have, that's, I have, how did I forget this movie? I have three action figures of uh, yeah. Rocket on my desk at work. I have one of Star-Lord, and uh, do I have, what, what else do I have? 
I can't even remember. I have no idea. I feel like I've got a couple more, but um, I oh, I've got some comic books of Guardians of the Galaxy that I got. Oh in, yeah, I've got at a Disney bunch World. Too. Uh, yeah. And they're no. on display in this room. You just have, uh, yeah. I have so much admiration for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. They're just, gosh, they're they're so creative and innovative. I, I think that they're really cool. Yeah. Yeah. All of the characters are cool. I, I, I don't dislike any of the characters in, in either of the movies. Do you? No. I think all the characters no. are pretty solid. They're so cool. Also, mm. I I actually, I really like the fact that I feel like superhero movies are getting stale. And I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy, especially the second one, mixed things up so much. And they can because of the way that the story is. Here's the thing. All these modern superhero movies, there's a battle in the city. Okay. Marvel is guilty of this big time. Like the Avengers movies, you could show me a screenshot from any of the Avengers movies. I wouldn't be able to to tell you which one it was. And I've seen all those movies several times. Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, it's like, it's... It's in the galaxy, right? I was right? just about it's, to say, it's literally a galaxy. It's, it's like the it, coolest thing. They can make up whatever they want. I mean, it's it's limitless as far as what they can do with it. And it can always make sense because you can just have different types of alien races and different planets and everything. Um, and I thought Kurt Russell did a really, really good job. And the CGI that they did with Kurt Russell was really good. Um, there were twists in this movie. It wasn't just some standard superhero movie. Yeah. It was really, really funny. Um, also... Both of the both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies have two of the best playlists I've ever heard on. Oh yeah, on movies. The music, especially in the second one, the music is so good. I mean, it opens with "Mr. Blue Sky" by ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, and then the song "Brandy" is in there, which is a really really good song. Yeah. And there's um, some Fleetwood Mac like in there. Fleetwood Mac, Redbone. I mean, there's like there's so much good music in that movie, um, and I think it's cool just from the stance that it's like it exposes a younger generation to actually good music without going on to a rant of how I don't really like modern music that much. But like you can see how, wow, this music actually really fits. It does. This style of movie. And I I love that. Brandy. Like what, what an amazing song. It it almost makes you think like, did they, did they find the song Brandy first and then create a story off of it because of how well it fits with the storyline. Well, here's something interesting. I've actually, I think I told you this before, but the director of Baby Driver and the director of um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 actually Are were... Are they best friends? Did well, they meet in a pub like C.S. Lewis and... They were communicating with J.R. each other before they picked the soundtracks for their movies or, or as they were making their movies, basically to make sure that they didn't choose any of the same songs because they knew that they were both making these very oh, yeah, music-driven movies. Yeah. It, even though they're not like, they're not musicals or anything like that, but they're very music-driven um, and so they wanted to make sure they didn't use any of the same stuff. So I just thought that was really, really cool. And it turns yeah. out both of those movies are like they have almost really in the good top. playlists. Yeah, yeah. So, well, those are our top movies of 2017. We will talk to you guys next time about who knows what. Something about movies. Yeah.